Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. On this week's episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast, we are on location and we discuss some local Lubbock news, some basketball schedule release, and then we preview and predict the first six games of the football season. The 23 Personnel Podcast starts right now. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. Yes, we are the podcast that simultaneously drinks the Kool-Aid and crushes your hopes and dreams. We try to cover both sides, uh, you know, like like the hashtag says, not all, not all teams, not all people, not all whatever. <laughs> we're the devil's advocates and we're also the ones who serve up the best Kool-Aid. Right. So we are trying something new. We're actually trying to get our our mid-season format process down. We're recording live from Casa de McDonald. Yeah, welcome. Welcome to the inside of my house. I'm sure the acoustics are amazing. Uh, there's a lot of mahogany in here. Rich mahogany. Rich mahogany. So <laughs> it's a pleasure for your ears. Oh, yes. This is uh, 23 Personnel Podcast HQ number two. Yeah, this is uh, uh, the, the north location. Yeah, by like 30 Street. <laughs> so this week, um, as we mentioned, the Kool-Aid and heartbreaking, we're going to start our first, or no, sorry, our initial official predictions and previews for games one through six of the football season. That's accurate. We, we did have, a, we kind of threw out some win-loss numbers back in May. I went back and checked the, checked the, uh, the tape. So it was May 8th, so almost exactly... Is today the 8th? It's the 7th or the 8th? Anyway. 7th. Almost exactly three months ago, we first embarked on a a quick rundown of the schedule. I think uh, the, what, I I forgot what prompted us to do it, but we went through it. in the end of spring practice. Yeah, that may have been all it was, and we had our win-loss ratio for everything, and that may be updated today. Because this is revision one or two, we're not quite sure, and we have the right to change to change those at a later date as well. Even if we lose a game that we thought we would win, um, the win totals will somehow go up. That's true. Uh, we can manipulate the numbers as needed. Yeah. So, like I said, we'll be doing the first half of the season this week, uh, starting with Houston going through the TCU game. Next week will be the final six games, hopefully seven, but we. Because we couldn't really preview game 13 until the end of the season. Right. Uh, it's, it's hard to, because we have no idea who will be in the college football playoff. So yeah, we can't absolutely. really get the 13th game in yet. And then after that, we will do our fantasy draft. And then it'll be game week. My fantasy draft, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about that. Dude, we're going to do it probably just like this, sitting next to each other, drafting side by side. I'm going to turn my computer so you don't see what I'm doing. (laughs) 
some ba- some battleship. Yeah, I'll sit across the table from you. How about that? Okay, all right, I can stare you down. Try to um, read your soul on who you're going to pick next and pick yeah. them out from under you. I, I'm really interested to see like how our, our thoughts on best quarterbacks or not not even best quarterbacks, but most potential and fantasy points quarterbacks, running backs, receivers. I, receivers are probably fairly even across the board but like the quarterbacks I'm like really interested like there's one that everybody talks about I don't know how good he's going to be in Will Greer and then it's like Heisman frontrunner Will Greer yeah and then, and then who else I mean we're going to talk about two of the conference games coming up have ongoing quarterback battles Texas Tech has one yeah we can't even draft a Texas Tech quarterback in our fantasy draft that's a bad idea for probably a couple yeah. of reasons at this point, <laughs> sorry, um, but yeah, we it's it's it would be kind of like drafting a first round draft pick that went to a team that had a decent record last year. So I, you just you do it just because you want to, I guess, <laughs> and then you're going to be wrong. <clears throat> yep, always wrong. In, in fantasy, like going to be lots of roster moves. I I I predict. I'm terrible at roster moves. I. I stick with who I get for good or bad, and it's usually for bad. It's usually <laughs> to too, my detriment. You're too, uh, you're too committed to your guys. Yeah, I think last year I played in the office one, and I think one of the guys had 70-something roster moves throughout the year. Sounds like which, me. Which is quite a bit to me, and I think I had That's eight. five or six a week. <laughs> I had eight or 11, and mine were mainly, oh, oh, he, uh, he uh, broke his knee. Okay, I guess I'll... I guess I'll do something about that. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of it. wasn't a lot of intuition. Oh well, this I like this matchup. I'm going to change this. I, I didn't micromanage it very much. I just kind of stuck with who well, I had. Well, see, that's where I get into trouble. Is I, I over tweak <laughs> and I overanalyze and I end up hurting myself. And I, it's so easy I'll, to do. You know, I'll pull out like a Cavante Turp and he's supposed to start one week. I'm like, you know what? He's playing a good defense, and then like he'll sit. Or sorry. He will be sitting on my roster and then go off for like 250 yards and three touchdowns. And Anyways. I, just, I get married to the projected points. Oh, those and, are hard to ignore, though. I know. And, <laughs> and it's so, it's such a crapshoot, just like, hey, project, projecting wins in August. But it's something that you see and it's a number. And I tend to associate numbers that are higher for fantasy football players means that it's better. So it's I usually to go be. with those. Yeah. So outside of that, we also we got a couple other things. We have a, a not a breaking news, at least news since our last recording, um, with some tech alumni getting into some shady business, and then the uh, we got some basketball news. Got some great questions. I love the updated uh, starting quarterback odds. That'll be interesting to to follow yeah. up with. Yeah, especially with Don Williams' latest tweet. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to read that too. The with, odds, uh, Kyle's question. Yep, the betting lines have shifted. Um, got a question about a possible contract extension. How we would feel? An update from your cord cutting experience. It's making waves. We even got a response, uh, more of a suggestion within the listener questions. So, yeah. I mean, then, it's 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 sweeping the nation. Cord cutters corner. Yeah, much much more so than uh, going yard. Yeah, at least uh, right now, because right there, there's been no updates. Besides, I've been mowing regularly. 
um, <laughs> getting ready for some fall fall yard work where I'll aerate, overseed, and try to reclaim some of the bare spots that were taken over by the Bermuda from the neighbors. But Spencer got to see when he when he came over to uh, twenty three personnel headquarters north. He got to see my yard in its full glory at almost three weeks, and then I don't know how then he had the nerve to ask. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. If I even water it, and I was just insulted. Of course I water it. I water it the allotted, you know, two days a week I get on the restrictions and whatnot. And so I, I, I still... fully covered on the yard. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, it's not bad. It's, it's not great. I still fall under the loophole of establishing a yard. So I don't have the watering restrictions yet. Although I, I, wow. think, I think I would. I'm pretty close to being You've been establishing compliant. a yard for about... Four months now. It's still a work Through in progress. <laughs> Anyways, one last thing before we really get kicking off. Um, while this isn't week twenty-six, this is episode twenty-six. Um, and if we had been diligent in recording one one episode a week, uh, this would have been our six-month mark. Man, we're half a year in. We're a little past the six-month mark. Technically, I think we're in our eighth month, but. We yeah. had some time, some weeks off, and we doubled up on some mailbag episodes. But dude, we're, we're we're just kicking the can down the road. We're we're still going. Yep, we're, we haven't been fired yet. Uh, Thankfully, no one's no <laughs> one's called called our real jobs and told <laughs> told them that uh, these guys you need to look into what they're saying. So, hats off to those of y'all listening. We had a little bit of bump last week. Yeah, uh, I'm assuming it's because it's getting closer to football and. Hope so. Uh, Spencer brought out the football off-season Bible. I meant to bring that over this week. I'm sorry. Oh man, I wanted to see that. I, want, I still need to see how the Merkel Badgers are going to do. I'm, I'm very, <laughs> very devoted to my two A team. Actually, I'm not even sure if they're they swap back and forth once they started adding the six A's and everything in between two and three. But I think they're back at two. All right. Sorry to cut you off on Merkel. Why? Let's move on to. Some local news. Rager Dykes got themselves into a little bit of trouble. I would oh, say like boy. recently, but the depth of this issue it's just, is long-standing. Yeah, I, <laughs> you guys, uh, for those of you who don't know, Bart Rager played. And I'm I'm motioning with tech. my hands as yeah, he does. We have our hands fully intact. Um, <laughs> I'm actually wearing those braces that you wear when you're bowling, just to make sure I don't hurt myself, but. Uh, Bart Rager played back in the Spike Dykes days, and um, he played, uh, I think he was a defensive back, and he 
he teamed up, I think, in 06 with Rick Dykes, who was the head of, I think, uh, Spike Dykes Auto Group. I mean, they had a, a dealership, I think, in La Mesa. I'm not quite sure. But anyway, back in 06, Bart Rager and Rick Dykes, I'm sure with the blessing and or, you know, Spike may have had to have been directly involved, I'm not sure. The two of them teamed up. And it's been the Rager Dykes Auto Group ever since. And if you've been to a game or if you live in Lubbock or apparently if you live in Dallas, you have either seen the commercials or heard the commercials on the radio or seen the sponsorships at basketball games, football games, everywhere. So they're, they're really ubiquitous with Texas Tech. And that seems to be a personal goal of Bart Rager to be very, have his face everywhere and put a lot of he money and, uh, into places. He and what's his name? The that the gorilla. Oh, uh Davis. I don't even know. Davis Smith? I think that's his name. Davis Smith is the guy who hired uh Rick Flair recently. Yes. And brought yes. Rick Flair in. So that's that's sorry, how we got there. Sorry to derail you there. No, you're fine. Uh they, they kind of are two sides of a different coin. But what's going <laughs> that down even make sense. No, it's perfect. It's good. <laughs> Uh, what's going down is basically Ford uh, Ford Motor Company, or no, what is it? Ford, Ford Motor Credit. Credit. Yeah. Ford, Ford Motor Credit sued Rager Dykes, claiming they owe them $41 million right now and up to $116 million total. Of course, Rager Dykes had to file bankruptcy because of that. And part of the reason they sued them is because Ford Motor Credit did an audit 147 of 150 sales they checked did not match what the Texas DMV had, including some vehicles that were double floored, meaning that they financed the same vehicle through Ford Motor Credit at two different dealerships, and also meaning that there were 15 other instances where they sold the vehicle and then financed it again. These are all bad things. These are all very bad things. Uh, They recently were allowed by a judge because when you go to to bankruptcy your assets are frozen but they were allowed by a judge recently to to move three hundred and fifty thousand dollars to pay the employees so that's good at least that Uh, also seems like an exorbitant payroll for two weeks right well it probably is uh i i think that's kind of what we're learning here there's there was a lot of money going out from the Rager Dykes Auto Group, but apparently not as much going in. And someone pointed out to me on, on uh, I can't even say the name of this auto blog. It's called Jalopnik. I've followed it for years, but I've never heard anyone <laughs> say it out loud. Never even heard of it, man. But they had a great, great article on it that uh, by Ryan Felton that summed up a lot of this. And people in the comments pointed out that this is very similar to the plot in Fargo. The, the main guy it. that's Williams H, William H. Macy, he uh, kind of does the same thing with GMAC and uh, gets financing on multiple, multiple financing uh, claims on the same vehicle. So it's, it's turned into a big mess. Uh, they've had to, some places were closed recently. And I had another thing I kind of wanted to throw out there, but. Yeah, so they, they brought back some of the employees after they were closed for a couple of days. Some of them were told, you're on hold until we know if we're going to have a, you know, a dealership around or not. Right, and um, you brought up before we started the fact that they were telling uh, people to 
quote unquote unwind or get unwind the deals that they were in the middle of. Yeah, which is what that would what they were saying is those that those sales or deals they had made, um, which I guess some of them were still pending, even though the new owners of the cars had driven off with them. Yeah, to try to repossess the dealer stock and return the traded in vehicle. But some of those customers, you know, had been with their new vehicle for two or three weeks. Their previous vehicle they traded into a Rager Dykes dealership had been sold off to another group. And at that point, they could no longer reclaim that vehicle. So they were going to be stranded without a vehicle. Yeah. It's just a big mess. There's there's a lot of that type of stuff. Uh, you know, people are being told to call and check and see if their car has been paid off by... You know, someone, either their yeah, lender or Rager Dykes or, you, you know, just that way that the loan is actually secured and Cause one of the stories titles in possession. One of the stories in that article I read that was also talking about unwinding the deals was there was um, some guys that had traded in a vehicle. Uh, I think it was like a, like a Camaro or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, took possession of a new car from Rager Dykes and they called the bank that Rager Dykes told them they're financing through. And said, "Hey, we haven't gotten any any bills from you. We're, we're about three weeks out. When do we need to like who and when do we need to make a payment to?" And the bank said, "We have no record of you owning this vehicle. We have no no credit with you." Come to find out, the other bank that they had financed their previous vehicle was was still expecting payment on their car, so it hadn't been paid off yet. Oh man! So if they hadn't asked, they would have been hit with a delinquency on their car that they had already traded in nearly a month ago. Had missed a payment because the dealership hadn't had fraudulently sold them this vehicle. Well, and it this also sounds like there's something going on at Ford Motor, Ford Motor Credit because they tip in the uh, in their legal documents they were only given seven days to pay back their credit. The forty-one million or the hundred and sixty? No, just you know for each vehicle, you know seven days upon the sale of that vehicle mm. to to make payment back and. Rager Dykes was taking an average of 55 days. So someone was kind of letting this go on at Ford too. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just hard to keep track of. They're a huge global company. I, I don't know. So That's what begs the question. This is just Ford. Yeah. Rager Dykes sells other vehicles as well. Oh yeah. They they So are there are other manufacturers about to drop the same hammer? And like There's you know, rumors that there are, but we haven't seen it yet. Supposedly yeah. they they might start come knocking too and, and banks as well so what one other thing i wanted to point out um and i don't know how i'm going to clean this quote up i don't know if you knew about this spencer but oh, this would be good uh in that same jalopnik article they mentioned this uh affidavit from gary bird who is the ford motor credit regional manager for the dallas area and i've actually read this affidavit i've saw it on twitter i believe and i on read the twitter i read through it and this, they summarize it great here on this blog, and it says, uh, Bird said he attempted to discuss the irregularities with Rager last Saturday, but Rager, quote, became enraged, screamed at me, quote, no, you are not, and threatened to, quote, shoot my effing ass. <laughs> and, and, of course, you know, the effing is not bleeped. Um, <laughs> Rager even confirmed he made this threat in text messages later on, Bird said. And, get this, it resulted with Ford Credit sending its corporate security team from Dearborn, Michigan to Lubbock to meet with him. So we're talking about 
you know, you, you might be able to say that phrase to one of your buddies. But probably if can't say it in a professional yeah, setting. Yeah, if you say it to a guy at Ford Motor Credit that's claiming Detroit, you, they're going to bring the you know they're going to bring the security team with them and the black helicopters and stuff. So it 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 got ugly quick, and I think it's just kind of starting. But I don't want to I don't want to sound like this is a glorious happy moment or anything. But it it does kind of confirm some suspicions I think a lot of us locals have had for a while, just with the tremendous uptick in giving they just they just pledged i think the friday before this happened a million dollars to lubbock ballet and the buddy holly center that was gonna uh they were gonna start making payments on that i think in 2020 and of course that is no longer a guarantee Uh, brings up the the point like all their philanthropy giving you know was it is there is that has that actually has that money actually been delivered well and if it has they're Can they reclaim it? That. I, surely not. I don't need, don't need a million dollars to, to the Lubbock Symphony. I'm going to ask you to pay that back. Yeah, they're, they're not <laughs> going to go to Casa or, or somebody like that. Or Ronald McDonald House. Yeah, pull their money out of it. So I, I'm going to cancel anyway, that check. Anyway, I, I think it's, it's just a really cruddy situation, and it's going to dominate at least local headlines for a good while. So we might have a... Because so I think I think I went too long on it this time, but we might have a Rager Dykes update every now and then for the next. Because it's going to have a big impact on the economy here too. I mean, it is. We're talking about like their their payroll. Obviously, they have a lot of people working for them. Yes. Or had. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I, I don't mean I've to be seen flippant between, and, and. Yeah, I've seen three hundred on one total, and I've seen seven hundred on another, and I I think the three hundred may be the just the ones that have filed or that were sued. I think he had some other dealerships that weren't sued that would maybe accompany or account for the other 400 employees. But I've seen 300 and I've seen 700 and it... That's a lot. It could, it could yeah. get bad. Especially in the small towns, you know. You've, yeah, like Plainview. And, and Plainview and I sound like, now I sound like Bart Rager. La Mesa, Plainview, come down to, you know, wherever you are, Brownfield. They don't have one in Brownfield. <laughs> they do have one in Snyder, so... A lot of the smaller towns will probably take a hit, uh, yeah, for man. sure. Next, let's, uh, I guess, just mention, because uh, as Dan so eloquently pointed out, we were talking about the Zaire Smith injury today on our, our, our group chat. If you haven't heard, Zaire Smith bro- broke his foot. Yeah. He'll be out for a little bit. Kind of sad news. But he also pointed out, it's like, well, that'll kind of fall into the, the shadows here as football season's looming. He said, nobody cares about basketball right now. Yeah, Seth quietly posted up or Texas Tech released that the, this upcoming season's non-conference schedule has been released. See, we care about basketball. Sure. Um, I actually, you know, I don't... I hadn't gotten around to reading this post yet. Let me say it that way. Um, We're coming at you live reading the, reading the basketball post in August. But some of the, uh, I guess, the headliners on the schedule would be obviously like USC, uh, Memphis, and Duke, and yep. Arkansas. Those yep. are all all teams that are uh, kind of well known. Um, and of course, you got some Incarnate Word and Mississippi State Valley and Northern Colorado, St. Mary's School for the Blind. Yeah, out of, out of the three, <laughs> I think you mentioned four. Three or four pretty good games. Out of all of those, only Arkansas is in Lubbock. So I think that's what some of the people were 
complaining about a little bit. You know, Lubbock gets Incarnate Word, Mississippi Valley State, Southern Louisiana, Northern Colorado, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, Pine Bluff, Northwestern State, Abilene Christian, which I don't like Abilene Christian, and UT RGV. Is that Rio Grande Valley? Yeah. No, we played them in baseball, didn't we? I think so. Is that the one where they had to play at a different... I feel like that was at a different field or it was delayed or... I couldn't tell you. I'm something sorry. strange happened on that one. They are the ones that are like out there in like one of those small towns, like not Marfa, but that <laughs> <laughs> out in that direction. Um, oh, I'm blanking on it, but I, I'm gonna look it up. We've got the internet right here. Do we though? Yeah. Okay. UT. Or I can I have trouble saying that. Why do I have trouble saying that? University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley. UTRGV. We're on their website. Yeah. Nothing is popping out besides this gaudy orange. Brownsville? They've got, looks like several. Gosh, well, could I have said that any more Texan? Brownsville? Is that down there by Matamoros? It looks like their campus is several satellite, smaller campuses, like Rio Grande City, McAllen, Edinburgh, yeah. West Laco, West Laco. I don't even, how do you pronounce that? Where you at? Where do you put? Where right you, in the middle of that. Westlaco? West- Westlaco. Harlingen. I don't know. Brownsville. This is real real far, deep south Texas, and then coast, South Padre, Port Isabel, and what's that last one? Boca Chica? Boca Chica. Boca Chica. I want to go to Boca Chica. I hadn't heard of Boca Chica. Me neither. Anyways, basketball schedule. It's on Staking the Plains. If you haven't seen it yet, head over, check out the upcoming non-conference schedule. While there are some cupcakes on there... Chris Beard, Chris Beard has obviously not shied away from scheduling the likes of Duke. Southern California, Duke, and Arkansas. Yeah. Um, so, some interesting early season basketball action going on before we get to conference play. We'll probably still be talking about football when that season starts. So, let's go ahead and start talking about football. I'm ready. I, I think mean, I'm ready. We we crammed for this today, probably <laughs> poorly. Today. I'm glad that you... I'm glad that you said the truth. Yeah, we, we didn't sit around for uh, weeks at a time and, and ponder this. So, But you should see the notebook of notes that Michael has printed out. And it's got handwritten notes on almost every single page. I do. And they're, and they're very, they're very uh, macro notes. Because as, as y'all will find out very quickly, I'm not, the, uh, <laughs> I'm not the best at football. Oh, hey, Rocky, my cat's here. Well, no, it's, it's not that you're not the best at football. We're saving the micro notes for our game preview during the week. Oh, so, okay, okay. That's it. Game one preview of Ole Miss, full in-depth, will be, what is that, August 28th, week of the game. Very nearly stopped the recording when he stepped on the phone. Glad he didn't. <laughs> hey, Rocky, um, I'm going to have to, uh, we'll, we'll just uh, keep, talk amongst yourself for a second. Sure. So game one, Ole Miss in Houston at NRG Stadium. Um, all of these games that we're going to talk about today have a preview written on Staking the Plains. If you want to follow along or um, go back and, I guess, refresh. Uh, September 1st, less than a month away. I guess we're three weeks out from the first game of the season. Super pumped. Uh, I mean, it feels like... I, I, I don't know that I'm not being genuine about saying I'm excited about this football season because I'll, I'll then go back and say I think we're going to win like three games. I'm excited for football <laughs> to be back. Me too. Um, 
thanks for taking care of the cat and returning. Yeah, yeah. Just, just like walking away and leaving me do, to... Doing a little house cleaning here. Uh, Rocky decided to get really interested in our recording, so he yeah. he's back in a bedroom now. Maybe he'll maybe he'll stay calm back there. We'll see. Yeah. So September 1st, unfortunately, 11 a.m. game. I guess we're going to be starting. I actually heard an interesting quote. They, they moved the... Uh, the football practices during the week they they did it in the spring they're doing it now too it used to be traditionally they would practice in the afternoons now they're pl- they're practicing in the mornings i couldn't tell if he was being facetious or not i, I can't remember who it was maybe been travis bruffy or somebody kind of like with a little bit of an attitude um talking about why they were practicing in the mornings like you know if we're gonna be playing a lot of 11 a.m games we're gonna be used to <laughs> You know, we got to practice that way too. So, man, that's that's pretty. It's pretty good call on on their part. They might as well just plan on it. That's Unfortunately, if you're playing a lot of eleven a.m. games, you're kind of been relegated to, you know, tier irrelevancy two, and status. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like every now and then you see a really great matchup at eleven a.m. Well, it's usually like the Big Ten. They'll have like a really good morning game and then afternoon. It seems like their afternoon games are kind of like the break. And then they get real good at night. Um, the SEC will go real big, heavy in the. I, I think most of their games, obviously most of their games, but the majority of their like marquee games. marquee games are going to be in the afternoon, early evening. And they'll have one night game. Obviously, Pac-12 after dark. <laughs> Gosh, they're hard to keep up with. But Big Twelve, it seems like if you're if you're struggling, you're going to be playing at 11. If you're doing well, you're playing at 6 or 7. So, Right. That's oh. kind of what you shoot for. So, game one, September 1st, 11, NRG, NRG Stadium against Ole Miss. I will tell you, we kind of mentioned it in the intro, that we will, we will drink the Kool-Aid. The more I've been looking at this game, the more I'm considering it more of a possibility to win. I don't know how many times I can qualify this. <laughs> Go ahead. But I think the thing that got me the most, um, now this, granted these are 2017 numbers, but their S&P Plus rankings, offense is number nine, which is way surprising. I had no idea. It was no idea. High. Texas Tech was 25. Yeah. Now, not that they had a great year last year with Shimanek and some of the running game issues. Ole Miss was number nine. Like I said, this was last year. They lost, um, they, it kind of had a, they lost Shea Patterson at quarterback. Their new guy they'll be starting this year played in, I think the majority of their I think they played eight or nine games with them. Um, lost some key receivers. But the defense, though, when I saw these defensive stats and rankings, it was like I was looking at 2012, 2013 Texas Tech, it's, right? It kind of it makes you think twice about everything. And they're... Advanced metrics, the advanced stats, whatever you want to call it, S and P plus ranking for the defense of twenty seventeen was ranked one hundred and thirteen. Ooh, yeah, that is uh, that is four or five years ago tech territory. <laughs> um, whereas Texas Tech, we all thought our defense was decently good, was ranked eighty eighth. Um, so. Our rankings were closer. We were 25 on offense, 88 on defense. Theirs were obviously much more separated. Like I said, very reminiscent of some Texas Tech teams of a few years ago. Number nine on offense, 113 on defense. I think the key players to watch, I, I obviously their quarterback, Jordan Ta'amu. Um, mm-hmm. He's a 
he's a Polynesian JUCO transfer player. Did decently well uh, last year in his first action. I assume he's going to take a step forward. Um, he only played about eight games. I, and, you know, I, I think you've already mentioned it. I was too busy sequestering Rocky in another room. But Seth has a great write-up for all of these games. He does. On staking the planes. And that's where I'm pulling a lot of my info off of. I mean, so that's where I started, and then I, I, I pulled up some highlights. I was like, I don't, I've never, I didn't watch any Ole Miss last year. Me neither. Um, but this this kid was he he really only played in eight games last year, but he completed 66 percent of his passes and averaged almost a first down per pass. Yeah, he was averaging was it 9.7 yards yeah, per it was completion? Yeah, 9.7. Which like so the offensive numbers, uh, very reminiscent, very very. Familiar if you're if you follow Texas Tech, mm-hmm. offensive coordinator at Ole Miss is Phil Longo. Um, obviously, that's somebody that Kingsbury was looking at hiring a season or two ago. Ended up at Ole Miss, is doing pretty well there. I think they're replacing enough on offense that that number may take a step back. Um, they don't have the the same horses all over, and, and obviously the defense. Um, I think. You've got a pretty good shot at this. I do too. The like I said, the more the more I look at it, the more I think this uh, this is a game you could expect to compete in. Whereas I think in, in, at least in the May one, I was like, you know, it's, it's the SEC. Their defense, their guys are big, they're fast, they're going to run all over you. 113th ranked defense. That doesn't scare me. No, and I I haven't I haven't told Spencer all these yet, but going through all this stuff. Uh, I feel a lot more optimistic than the last time in May when we kind of ran through the schedule and and picked our stuff. Because for those six games, I thought that we would end up, these six games that we're going to look at, I thought we would only win two of them. And I can tell you that right now that I'm changing that for sure. And I'm thinking we win this one because – uh, we really have a chance against a defense that's statistically going to be easy for us to take advantage of. And if, as long as we can move the ball a little bit. Uh, On the ground, through the air, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Both. I know. However, <laughs> however they come out and see. What worries me the most is just it's such a big opponent. It's probably going to be a great atmosphere because there's going to be a lot of Red Raiders there. And there's going to be a lot of Land Shark fans. There. Rebels, rebel land sharks, fans there that that travel. I'm sure so. 11 a.m. is going to be pretty, pretty hopping in Houston. But I think we got a chance to win this one. I'm going to go ahead and I'm changing, I'm changing my pick. I'm going to change a lot of these picks, Spencer. <laughs> it's this this may be this may be a, a little bit too much Kool Aid for you on this podcast. So I, I, I didn't want to tell you before we started because I thought you might fire me. So. We're gonna go with well. So here's we're gonna the go thing. with the W today on that one. Some of the uh, I guess win not wins, initial projections or uh, point spreads, whatever you want to call it. Um, for this game, has it at Ole Miss minus three. Okay, so they're still favored somehow. So neutral site means nobody gets any any you know obviously any, any benefit of the doubt. This is going to be more of a home site for Tech than it is for Ole Miss. I don't think it's going to be truly a neutral site. As like, you know, if they were playing in, 
Kansas City, yeah, it's a neutral site because nobody's going to be there. Right. Um, there will be tons of tech fans there. There will be much fewer, many fewer, much less. Well, and NRG <laughs> Stadium, forgive me for not knowing this, I should. It's, a, it's enclosed, right? Like I believe so. I, I think it's fully enclosed because as soon as I saw that we were playing in Houston at 11 a.m., I, I almost passed out from heat exposure myself. But then I, I realized that I think that that... Ooh, update. What? The ESPN line has tech minus three. Oh, see, see, they know. I think my echo is transmitting to ESPN headquarters right now. It probably is. It probably listens to everything we say. Capacity of 72,000. I'm going to say 50,000. 45 to 50 are going to be Texas Tech fans. You think so? Oh, yeah. At least. Because, okay. It sounded even better. You're just talking we, to me. We, I, I just got, feel have got Seth, Brian, Dan. They're all going to be there. Yeah, there's four right there. I mean, shoot. I'll be watching it. Three. So. <laughs> yeah, I'll be watching it. I'll be streaming it. So I, I think we're, we're kind of cautiously optimistic that this is going to be a win. If you, let me say this, if you do end up getting this win, I think it'll set a lot of expectations, more so than if you lost the game. Yeah. Um, if you win this, I think a lot of people are going to be really believing the defense has turned around, assuming they don't give up like 60 points, but somehow still win. I don't think, you, I don't think with this offense you can give up 45 points or obviously. They have well, 35 points and, and expect to be competing and winning games. Yeah. They have some really good players on offense that uh, A.J. Brown for wide receiver, That's, Seth, was, he threw some great stats out there about he, he had 75 passes last year, 1,252 yards. I mean, I, he, was, he was a pretty, a pretty good target for And him. averaged almost 17 yards a catch. So That's, that's he's, a lot. He's going to be out there sprinting. Sprinting down the line and or breaking some tackles. Uh, I mean, they, their offense is they're, – they're going to be pretty darn good. Uh, our offense is going to be kind of a question mark till we know who's <laughs> behind the line of scrimmage and also how well they're going to do. But uh, we've got to trust Kingsbury a little bit to some extent. Like my friend Adam keeps reminding me, it's just kind of like if, if, if you're going to be in Kingsbury's camp, which I am, I've got to kind of – Trust that he knows what he's doing, because otherwise I'm going to be completely contradicting myself on uh, how much I like him and how good he is or whatever. So, I, I think he's, I, I think he's got a, a way with these kids sometimes. Uh, so hopefully he's able to make that work for him before this game starts. Okay, so you you have a win. I have a win. I have a win against. I Ole am Miss. cautiously marking. Penciling in a win. Oh, man. Man, it's already changing so much. Week two, first home game of the season, Lamar, September 8th, 3 p.m. So, middle of September, middle of the afternoon, miserable. I saw a ticket promotion that went out today. It said $10 tickets. Even then, I was like... That's not enough to make me want to go. We need. They need to <laughs> give out those camel pack things at the door to get people to come in, where you just always have access to water. Yeah, I, I don't know. 3 p.m. in September in Lubbock is it's going to be pretty hot. Yep, that will be the the extent of our Lamar preview. They are <laughs> they were well, two and nine last year. They were two and nine, and, and and not to be disparaging, but Seth also makes this point, which I will kind of repeat. 
Um, Texas Tech has seen some good FCS teams. We played um, Eastern Washington, Sam Houston State. Lamar's not a good FCS team. Um, so if if you have any kind of struggles here, then yeah, that's going to be even like if you win game one, lose game two, or you lose game one, lose game two. Like you might not just just don't just pack up your locker when you walk back. And yeah, just go. it's it's going to be a, a really bad situation. So let's just let's just go ahead and say that we will not lose to Lamar. Um, I think that W still remains. So interesting point on on, on the projection. We'll, we'll mention a little bit. Tech is favored about 22, 23 points in this game, which sounds low. Um, the next biggest margin is is going to be a plus 18 versus Oklahoma. So <laughs> oh. we are favored as much to win this game against Lamar as Oklahoma is to beat us. On the, At home. Uh, yeah, on yeah, the Yeah, in, in our house. We no will get to deal. that. We'll get to that next week. Game three, still in, in Lubbock. Playing a team from Houston, um, as the University of Houston is located in this great city of Houston. Yes, <laughs> another. It's sept- a good place to put the University of Houston. Yeah. Uh, September fifteenth, three p.m. Another middle of the afternoon game in Lubbock, um, hosting the Houston Cougars. Last year, you went down to Houston, handled business until uh, Major Applewhite figured out. Kyle Allen was not the quarterback. Yeah, let's play a different quarterback in the third quarter and then almost come back. No, it was in the fourth quarter. Was it the fourth when he played back? You were, you know, Tech was up 14 or 17 points. Yeah, quote unquote comfortable. You were up 17. Uh Houston scored two unanswered touchdowns. Yeah. Late. Puckered up a little bit towards the end. (laughs) You did because they they, uh, they kicked an onside there to try to take over. Yeah. Something that I keep forgetting, I have to remind myself of. I got a couple of real winners on this Oklahoma, or not Oklahoma, on this Houston coaching staff. I saw that you might mention that. Yeah, so you know, obviously, I've already mentioned Major Applewhite. There was that a uh, juicy affair that he had right before the birth of his first child. I had while no he was idea. at Texas. I had no idea about all this. Um. As if that wasn't enough of a, a black mark on their coaching staff, they hired Kendall Bryles as their offensive coordinator, formerly of the Baylor University. Hashtag Bears. CKB. Hashtag Sikkim or bring back Bryles or whatever. <laughs> this dude is filthy. Still ended up in Houston. Um, their S&P numbers, again, from last year, offense was 37 uh, again, Texas Tech was 25. Defense was 49, so improved over te- – or uh, not improved, but – Ed Oliver probably accounts for 29 of that 49. Well, that and playing in the American. <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> but That's not no, a bad place to no, be No, I mean, for, for our list of key players, um, I have three defensive players all the on all the teams that we're looking at total. Ed Oliver has got to be – the only defensive tackle you can ever say is, or the, at least for a long time, would be a key player to, to be concerned about. I'm thinking like Dominican Sue maybe was the last like defensive tackle you were concerned about. Right. Um, you've got other guys who have been really good, like uh, Malcolm Brown at Texas a couple of years ago. Oklahoma's had some good defensive lines. 
You've got some guys at Oklahoma State that committed to you and flipped that you've yeah. been wanting to get That's some revenge true. on and they've enjoyed success against you. But no, Ed Oliver, you know, former five-star guy, I think is his third year at Houston. I at think so. I think so, probably too. Probably draft eligible. I don't think he would have stayed past draft eligible year. Um, key guy, although last year you you handled him pretty well, um, it seemed the weather was a, a factor for everybody. You know, there was a yeah, little a bit of fatigue of going on. everything. But you were able to handle uh, defensive tackle Ed Oliver. This year you're returning your entire offensive line. Um, that shouldn't be an issue. Another key guy would be Derek King. This would be the quarterback that they're breaking in. Um, not Kyle Allen, not Kozma, or whoever it was that came in that ran all over Tech. Um, and then another familiar Baylor name, Terrence Williams. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. A, a transfer, the last time he played was under Bryles, and he had like 1,200 yards. So Yeah, 11 touchdowns that same, that same time frame with Kendall. Kendall. So I, I, I think we'll see probably a Kendall. Um if you remember the Baylor offenses under Bryles and they were really good. Yes, they threw the ball downfield a lot. I think you'll see you'll see some of that some, but I think they'll rely heavily on the Bryles run game. Their uh uh inverted veer offense they ran a bunch because I think Derek King is a smaller, more more mobile guy. I think they're gonna be leaning on their run game. Uh, especially with a familiar face and Terrence Williams for, for Kendall Bryles. Yeah. Um, their receivers are kind of so-so. But Yeah, they, they are projected, uh, you know, I'm trying to throw in some stuff from uh, Bill Connolly. He has great previews, too, that we've mentioned before a couple of times. And uh, he had them, he has them projected to go 8-4 and four this year. And they went 7-5 and five last year. So slight improvement, second-year head coach. Uh, but... I, I thought we would win this one before the, the you know when we last spoke about this. Uh, I, I just like the position we'd be in at home with this team and how we handled it all over last year. Which I mean, hopefully we can do again. And there's a question about that later with the the listener questions. But I, I think that we we take a W on this one. And if, if for those of you keeping score at home, that means that I have us at three and zero right now. We are on the same page so far. Yes. Until a perfect start oh three weeks gosh. in. I 3 know. And now we're, we're the drink- football season yet. Can we start? We're Can drinking we start the Kool Aid. Here we yeah. go. Um, I might crack a beer while we're on this thing. I don't know. <laughs> I think with Texas Tech's front six slash seven on defense, really the strength of your your group. Um, you know, the I think the only problems they gave you last year. Uh, like there was a little, little more of a balanced attack, but the the running quarterback was an issue. I think it would be an issue this year, more so than the passing game. I think your defensive backs, while they are getting better, um, especially when you look at like Jayshon Johnson and Justice Parker, mm-hmm. I think guys coming back like Octavius Morgan, the red shirts coming off of like Adrian Fry and John Davis and that group. I'm, there, I, I'm blanking because there's so many to name, and I'm, I'm going to leave somebody off if I don't just stop now. So much better with names than me. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even know what position 
Anderson played last week when you missed. Oh, the <laughs> nearly five-star it. offensive lineman. <laughs> yeah, You're no like, big I don't deal. Who that is. I'm really, I'm really great with the roster, guys. Uh, y'all just ask me anything, and I will, I will tell you. So yeah, we're we're at three and zero going on the road to Stillwater, September twenty-second. I don't know who. Because, feeling confident, feeling confident here, Spencer. Because that game is still so far out, the time has not been determined yet. TBA. I think if you're rolling three and zero, you're looking at a good shot to be at least playing in the afternoon. That would obviously be dependent on how Oklahoma State opens the season. I haven't. Their not, first four games are at home. But I also I don't remember what all is on their schedule. It's not. You know what? I think Seth covered that here in my notes. Not um, like super difficult, but it's also not just filled with uh, Lamars in southeastern Louisiana. Right. Um, it's uh, it's it's pretty ho hum on the schedule. I'm going through my papers. I found so, okay. Bill Conley had I think he said that they. Oh, never mind. I can't find it, guys. Great podcast here. The best. Missouri. Okay, here we go. Played their first four at home. It, Seth did have it, for the record. It was our own Seth who had it. First four at home are Missouri State, South Alabama, Boise State, then us. So, a pretty gentle ramp up. Yeah. <laughs> Starting, I, I think that's, exactly that's, right. that's, that's pretty, exactly what it is. <laughs> that's pretty... Uh, Shallow end to the mid... Not quite across the rope yet. You're kind of <laughs> on the steps when you start, and then you're getting really close to the rope, but still hanging on. So, I think looking at this game, um, while Oklahoma State does have that nine-game win streak against you, you're excited about the prospect of taking them down. Like we've discussed this a couple weeks ago, especially in Stillwater. Yes, because uh, Oklahoma State has traditionally been a team that builds through the season. They get better, more established. Um, They will be breaking in new star receivers, a new quarterback. Um, defense is going to be under a, a new defensive coordinator. So several new new faces uh, on the sidelines. Uh, Colin Plays, not Colin Plays, but executing the plays on the field. Right. Um, last time you were up there, you missed an extra point to tie it late. Uh, but, of course, that was 45 points. But... Again, on the flip side, they also had Mason Rudolph, James Washington, guys that they don't have this year. They do have uh, running back Justice Hill. He's he's pretty salty. He's dangerous. He's probably danger, danger. Spoiler alert: He's probably our first round draft pick in our fantasy league. He's he's up there. <laughs> he may be up there. He's on my board. He's uh, on the big board. So is a a certain Rodney Anderson from Oklahoma. But oh, I don't want to give too much oh, away. Okay, okay, okay. Former five-star, former Texas Tech, nearly commit Tyron Johnson, former LSU Tiger. (laughs) How many formers can this dude have? He's going to be looking to take a a more solid role in the offense. Jalen McCleskey was was obviously real dangerous last year, too, mostly Mm -hmm. in in the slot. Yes. Um, Because as a compliment to James Washington, he was just all over the place. Fun fact, the pick six that DeMarcus Fields, another defensive back that we didn't touch on, that DeMarcus Fields had that interception return for a touchdown in the Oklahoma State game last year. That throw intended for Jalen McCleskey. Oh. Went over his head. He's a little short dude. He's like 5'8". 
No, he's. I think he's. He's listed five, like he's listed five, five eleven. Listed like, five ten, but listed is always. That probably a, means uh, he's like five seven. That's always a guess. Um. So, S and P plus rankings again. Another shocker here. Um, their offense last year was number three. I did not realize that either. I, I mean, they went ten and three. I, I just didn't. I don't think I realized how great their offense was, but that's because hey, read the uh, the defense ranking there. Last year was number seventy. Yeah, still like it's as, pretty good. It's a pretty good dis- disparity there. You know? Yes, which we can relate to that. Seventy I'm, was lower than what they're used to under Glenn Spencer. Mm-hmm. Uh, of, you know, unfortunately for him, it was not acceptable. Lost his job. They hired the defensive coordinator from Duke, Jim Knowles, who in twenty seventeen had a S and P. S&P Plus rating of 40, so they're hoping to carry that over into Stillwater. Um, In the Big 12, we'll see. Prediction time. So, I'm going to say... You go first this time. Shoot, because, like I said, the more I think about it, the more I talk it out loud, um, you don't know their quarterback situation. The running back is going to be solid to salty. Tyron Johnson, Jalen McCleskey... Difficult to, to contain on the road, new defense early in the season. Put me down for an L. Me too. I'm Dang. sorry. Sorry, everybody. I, I'm i with you on that. I, I think it'll be our time to break the streak at some point, but just not yet. I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. It'd probably be closer than, than where we're like, probably again, like the last game in Stillwater. Yeah. Um, 45, I mean, 44. One thing we can hope for is that the, whoever ends up being behind the line of scrimmage, if, if they are unable to get it going with the passing game, that we can step up our defense on. Justice keeping, Hill. Yeah. The- trying to contain Hill as much as we possibly can. And, and, and go from there. I, I do think uh, I would like for us to win this one. I really. No, I, of course I want the. I would love to see them go fourteen and zero. Oh yeah, of course. But I fifteen and zero. I, I think I'm still I've got this one pegged as as an L. Until until you prove otherwise, because Oklahoma State's had your number, and like I said, nine consecutive years. Yep. Um, even longer if you look at your games in Stillwater. Yes. So, Michael and I both have an L there. Okay, game five of the season, we're uh, coming back to, to Lubbock, hosting West Virginia September 29th. Um, got the uh, the Heisman hopeful Will, Will Greer yeah, under center for the Mountaineers. Something that I read in the previews that I guess um, it's kind of lost, West Virginia's traditionally had a fairly solid run game. They've been able to kind of balance out their offense. Mm. They missed out on that last year. It was really heavy to the pass. Uh, looks to be the same kind of issues this year. They don't have a guy a guy that'll tote the rock for him, but they do have Will Greer. They still have David Sills, who was a touchdown machine. He didn't, he didn't amass the, the yards of like a leading receiver, like number one target, until they got close. Um, I would say a lot like, like uh, Eric Ward, but he was still a pretty, pretty heavy target. Because oh, yeah. Eric Ward amassed a lot of touchdowns too, but 
David Sills, I think he scored. It was in the teens, like 16, 17 touchdowns last year. It was 18. 18. He's getting up there in the Lyle Leong territory. Yeah, he's getting up there in the high jumper territory. He had uh, 980 yards on 60 catches for 16 yards a catch. And just pretty dominating on that. And that's all from... You know, I keep wanting to give Seth credit. It's not like I sat here and looked all this. No, stuff I. Up. So these key players, I did not pick them. I I picked from a pool that Seth had already put together. So yeah, but Sills is uh, he's no joke. He's going to be hard to cover. And then if we look at their defense, West Virginia again, at least for Texas Tech, has been kind of a thorn in the side. They've always seemed to figure out how to slow down Tech. Uh, probably has nothing to do with Dana Holgerson being on the sideline. <laughs> not at all. No, he's only but, been there eight. This will be his eighth year. But their defense rating last year was 96. They were actually worse on defense than you were, Texas oh. Tech. Um, offense was – they were one worse on offense, too. So, yeah, they were right there with you on offense. Yeah, very, Eight very worse close. On, on defense. They were very similar to you. Which is why we were beating the heck out of them for a while. Surprisingly, on the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then everything fell In apart. In Morgantown. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was looking pretty great there for a while. But with their defense, I guess the uh, other, I guess they're well known for having solid defensive backs and having these linebackers that just can do everything. Uh, I'm thinking of his name, Kwiatkowski, I think it was last year. Hard-nosed dude. I think he was like their middle linebacker. He may have even been like a defensive lineman dude. But David Long is the guy that we're looking at this year as kind of being that uh, the guy on defense to be to be tracking. Um, but here's, I think here's a key point that Seth pointed out. I had no idea this was going on. Texas Tech, you know um, we've been bemoaning uh, being able to hang on to players. There was a stretch where Kingsbury were just losing players by the droves, it seems like. Every offseason. Attrition abounds. Yes. Just the dreaded attrition. But. Headlines would come out and tweets would come out. The That. Thankfully, subsided 2017. Um, looks like that bug moved on to, to Morgantown, West Virginia, because they are down. This is not like because of some sanction or penalty. They have 72 scholarship players, which mm-hmm. for those keeping track, you're, that's 13 under the, the limit um, of 85. This is... I, I, so... I, I'm going to back up. I don't know when that 72 number came out. I would assume that's after this recruiting class showed up. Right. Is there new? But that means after their uh, recruiting class of 20 or 25 guys that showed up, they then got to 72. So their summer workout, spring spring football, was Texas Tech 2015 or whenever it was that, like, we had one offensive line group that could go through practice. Um, You know, you're, you know, it. 72 players, you had, what, 50 over the spring? That's a super light group. It is. Um, so if you're looking at 72, they lost 14 players just this season, between 17 and 18. Um, that's a lot. That's They said more than half of a recruiting class. Um, but these are established guys. These aren't just like true freshman recruiting class guys that didn't show up. These were guys that were on the roster at the end of 2017 not there now. 14. Oh, my gosh. So, obviously the big thing is they're going to be thin in more ways than one. Yep. <laughs> um, lots of attrition, very little depth. Um, 
Now, you do catch them kind of early in the season. You're still month one, game five. But, you know, when you look at playing FCS teams or group of five schools, you look at, you know, even if they're really good in their, their groups, their, their divisions or whatever, as a power five school, you can outlast most of them on depth alone. You may be able to outlast a conference team on depth alone. I think so too. I, I, I mean, on top of that, I, I don't know if that 14 numbers of scholarship players who've transferred or players who've transferred. Uh, Seth also mentions that there were seven starters who were lost. Oof. But he doesn't say for sure. I don't know if that's just graduating starters. So I don't know if that's included in that, you know, if, if that's included in the 14 guys that transferred or not. But there's a chance that there could be 21 guys that were not on – that were on the team last year when they went 7-6 and six and they're not going to be on it this year. And they're only projected to go 6-6. Six and six. And I think a lot of that is because of what you've just discussed and what you've brought up. It's such a question mark uh, throughout the the – you know, the entirety of the team. And even Greer is as great as he was when he was healthy last year. If you're going 6-6, six and six, you're not in the Heisman talk. No. We saw that way with Mahomes. Um, and not, not that I think that that those, the tools around him is what's going to keep him. I don't think he's that great of a quarterback anyways to be in that conversation. But if you're going 70 players on your scholarship, like you're, you're going to be struggling. Um, you're right in the struggle bus. You're not going to be winning a whole lot of games, especially against big-time conference opponents. No. So I have this down as a win. I do too now. Because of this this new found information. I flipped on this one. Even, even if they somehow come up with the 13 players to come to their scholarship limit of 85, those are 13 players that have been added between the signing day and game one. You can yeah, be brand so new players. Be players like uh, like Trey King or the, the other guy that just joined the joined Texas Tech this past week, which you get every now and then. Tech's had one the past two years. Trey King didn't really come on until like two thirds of the way through the season. Right. Um, you know. And there were even talks of Nisby playbook issues but I, I think that was code for something i don't know he's also gone so right i know that <laughs> that was everybody kept wondering well why hasn't he playing why hasn't he got in there but i think he got in there a little earlier even but he yeah did. he started off strong in the early earliest part of the season uh, had I've, a big game against kansas but I've, I've switched to the w on this for a couple of reasons because so, the, the scenario i've created in my head means that at the time of this game we are now four and one well, okay, before this game, though. You're 3-1. We're 3-1. Going because, into this cause game. Because we will have just lost a heartbreaker to uh, the Cowboys in Stillwater. So, to make it 10 straight. Right. Ouch, so we'll, deep. I know, I know. So we're going to come back fired up to come back home to Lubbock. And selfishly, I, I'm picking a win because three of my best friends are coming into town and we're all going to the game. So I really want, it, <laughs> I want us to celebrate a win. So uh, this this one's for y'all. Um, I'm, I'm I'm airing it out. I'm just sending out the good vibes to the universe right now. I'm, I'm pantomiming it as I talk <laughs> to just kind of let it flow north towards the Jones. I'm I'm almost due south of the Jones, so maybe it'll go. 
Maybe it'll actually make it there. <laughs> it's like a hundred blocks. Yeah, well, I, I need to count for a crosswind. I'm going to do it to the northwest a little bit just to be safe. But yeah. So we both have a win for West Virginia. This going back and looking at starting the season through five games at four and one. Man, you're really thinking like you're drinking Kool-Aid. Yep. <laughs> and we might be, guys. We know this. It's August. We're probably delirious because our lack of football oxygen. Our our May predictions started off loss against Ole Miss, win against Lamar, win against Houston, loss against Oklahoma State, loss against West Virginia. Right, and those were mine. I know, and and I think I was probably the same. I think we differed a little bit the further into the schedule we got, but I know that. I ended with five wins and you ended with four, but I can't remember where we differed on the. If we stay at four wins, the then the rest of this preview is going to be. Pretty, oh, it's going to be very gruesome. Um, the following week, you're actually off. Bye week. We, if we you get lose, a bye week before November. If you lose the bye week, there's some you got some issues. Yep. But no, it, it comes at the time you've got a bye week and then you've got a Thursday game, so you've got a, a pretty good lead up to um, the game in Fort Worth against TCU. Yeah. Um, Potentially, you know, I mean, I don't think they're going to be 11-3 and three this year, but a, a potentially good team that could be fighting for the conference title. So, But it's kind good of timing, similar to, to West Virginia. They're replacing a lot of pieces. Um, True. They are returning four starters on offense. Oh, my gosh. Including they will need to replace three offensive linemen plus a tight end, a running back, a quarterback, and both of the outside receivers. Oh. So, well, this changes things a little All bit. of your key skill positions and three offensive linemen. I had no idea. I, I apparently did not. I didn't cram for this one as well as I did on the others. Key players, though, uh, running back Darius Anderson, he, while he didn't start, he was pretty good. I, I think that's, that's going to be your, your pretty obvious replacement for your running back. So, you can probably take that off of the returning starters. Uh, another key guy, wide receiver, Jalen Rager. Different Rager. Different Rager. But still Texas Tech related because he is a Tech legacy. And then defensive end, uh, sack artist, Ben Bonagu. It's pretty rough on you last year. 16 and a half tackles for a loss last year. Mm. And eight and a half sacks. It's not bad. He's, 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 That'll do some damage. He's a pretty good little defensive lineman. S&P, S&P rankings last year, 39 on offense. Not surprised they were. They had Kenny Hill at quarterback, not like a world beater. Um, had some guys around him on offense. 16th on defense, again, not really that surprising. Yeah. Our good old friend Chad Glasgow was the defensive coordinator there, although that's more of a... Texas Tech product, Chad Glasgow. <laughs> it's more of a, like... Um, in title only, like uh, Kevin Johns is the offensive coordinator at Texas Tech, but he does nothing. Right, right. Um, he provides input. The thing that I find interesting, the quarterback battle, I thought that was pretty, like, I was like, well, it's going to be Sean Robinson. Uh, not what I've heard. They've got a guy from Penn transferred in that they're saying is doing pretty well. Like, okay, but this, to cut the other way, wasn't a starter at Penn last year and did not do very well at Penn when he did play. But Penn did really well last year, though, didn't they? I don't know. I don't was think. it last year or was it the year before? I feel like they beat Ohio State earlier no, 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 in the year. No, no, not Penn State. Oh, Penn. Oh, Penn. <laughs> Ivy League Penn. <laughs> I'm sorry. University of Pennsylvania. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I know who you're talking about now. Uh, and then that Grayson Mulstein, he's still on the roster. 
So it's a three-guy race. The all-world five-star freshman coming in had a really nasty leg injury last season. Don't think he's going to be really in this battle this year. I don't know. His leg, like, it looked like his knee was dislocated on a tackle, and it was oh my gosh, all odds. Eric Stevens' word. The leg flopped around. Aggies tackling late. Um, but their defense is always salty, and it's in Fort Worth. So yeah, Michael. I mean they're going to have a packed stadium full of you know forty five thousand Red Raider fans <laughs> and a couple of guys in white shirts doing the surrender Cobra, and putting their arms in the air, and then poor poor towel girl for Gary Patterson <laughs> <Poor towel. laughs> wiping the sweat. This is his nineteenth. Hold season. the visor while he wipes the sweat with the towel, and then you switch how, back and how take many, the visor back. How many towel holders has he been through in nineteen seasons? I'm, I'm just. That's sure probably it's... some really unfortunate equipment technician or whatever they want to call their entry level, <laughs> and they get the unfortunate assignment of you have to follow Gary Patterson with a dry towel. Can you imagine that longevity? Can you imagine having a coach at nineteen? 19- Entering your 19th season with the same head football coach. I want to think about it, man. And not even thinking <laughs> twice about it. Just going, okay, well, here we go. Year 19. Went 11-3 and last year. Why not? Let's do it again. They're predicted to go 8-4 and this year. So, you know, there's, there's a well, big drop, especially with what you're pointing out with the linemen. I didn't realize that. That's uh, We've seen firsthand how hard that is to just, boom, replace out of nowhere. Uh, you know, they. that was one of the worst games I'd ever been to. Oh, last year? Last game? year. I did not uh, go to. So I watched this game. And it was, it was just disheartening. It was one of the more frustrating games I've seen because, and, and different, like, no, you couldn't really move the ball in offense. No. When you did move the ball, you ended up turning it over. On the flip side, TCU legit fumbled seven times. We recovered one. One. Yeah. The quarterback fumbled it three times. Sean Robinson fumbled it three times. You recovered one of those. In the red zone, didn't score in that possession. Nope. That was one of those field goals like into the wind. I'm not, not going to make that excuse. He missed the field goal. He missed it. It was um, very close. I, I think You scored three points. Yeah. That was one of just the worst experiences I'd had at a game. Everybody had left. Everybody was leaving. Uh you it threw was, a pick six in that game. Yeah, you just knew that that was probably it, and then like a long one too. It was like ninety yards. Yeah, that's right. And then they went back, and you know, he didn't start Shim next week in Austin because of it. I don't know if it was next week, but next game. I, that was just a bad taste. I, so, so with all that, I'm going to say, despite replacing all this, the defense giving first year quarterback issues. I'm going to go with an L. Me too. Uh, you you almost had me talked into it, but uh, I do think their defense is. Gosh, what were they again? My screen. They were sixteenth. They were sixteenth last year. They they didn't lose. Well, I think they're returning seven or eight starters on defense. They, they they've got a couple pieces to replace. They've never really taken a big step back on defense. No, I don't I know mean, if they ever will. They, they may not be sixteen again, but still, top twenty five defense in the country is. Pretty dang salty. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm with you. I don't think we pull out the the win on that one. Uh, if if it was in Lubbock, I think I would I think I would chalk it to it. Maybe. But you know, ask it's ask Thursday that again. night game. Ask or... that again, September 29th or something after the yeah, West you're Virginia be... game. 
All Eyes on You, Primetime. Yeah, a little bit different. All right, last thing I want to touch on for football before we completely move on to questions. I saw this on Twitter today from at CFB professor, college football professor Adam McClintock. He's got some... Great name. Yeah, he's got like a Bill Connolly-style all-FBS preview. Um, He's got previews for the conferences and then previews for every game. Um, What caught my attention, obviously, was... I, I even, if you follow me, I retweeted and, and called him a clown. He's got Texas Tech finishing in the Big 12 ninth at 2 and 10. A very disrespectful ninth. 1 and 8 in conference. Um, got Baylor winning five games. Yeah, so my biggest thing is like, okay, the top. Okay, TC going to 10 Iowa State winning four. TC going to 10 and 2 games. I'm like, that's probably not going to happen. Iowa State's probably a little low at 4 and 8. So he's got Baylor at seven, going five and seven. Iowa State at eight, four and eight. Tech at nine, two and ten. Kansas at tenth, one eleven. I think that's fine. I think Kansas at ten is fine. I probably would have said Iowa State at five and seven at worst, maybe even like as high as six and six, up there with Kansas State or West Virginia. Baylor, I think they're going to have a four and eight, three and nine type season. I think so too. Texas Tech, obviously, I've already got them at four and two. He's got him ahead. But I think the biggest thing about his schedule, so he's got two and ten. So his guaranteed, not guaranteed, but his strongest wins on the schedule in terms of predictions are Lamar and Kansas. And then he's got five toss-up games where Tech is, like, technically it's a toss-up, meaning that, like, the games are within a touchdown, I think. I have to go back and check. Um, But Tech is on the negative side of all five of those games. So he's just saying... Based on that, you lose your five toss-up games to go two and ten. If you win these toss-up games, obviously you're going seven and five. The games he's got listed as a loss, Ole Miss, Houston, West Virginia, at Iowa State, and at Baylor. Yeah, those are the toss-up games. Yeah, sorry, those are the toss-up games. I think you're winning Ole Miss. I think you're winning Houston. Did we say win for West Virginia? Yes, we did. I think a win for West Virginia. So that's already three on his to get him to five and ten, five and five. Five and seven. Wow. <laughs> um, at Iowa State, probably agree with that as a loss. He's got it at minus point six in terms of like the points part. I, it's, I don't think it's going to be that close. And then losing by two to Baylor on the road, I think you're going to win that game well, ten neutral, plus points. Neutral, technically. Well, right, but you're the away. You're, you're yeah, the I think we'd beat Baylor as well. Anyways, if he's actually giving out hit this entire FBS preview document. All you have to do is email him. Um, you can find that information on his Twitter account, at CFB Professor. Um, interesting. He's, like I said, got every game, every team. He even grades the coaching staff. And he does. gives it an F. He gives, well, okay. He's, he's got Screw a, him, man. Let's, no, not, let's move on. He does. He's, he, he's got head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Uh... I don't know his rating system, but he's got him rated at 3.72, ranking of 105, grade F. But right below it, which is great, offensive coordinator Cliff Kingsbury. He's rating like an A, right? Rating 12.82, ranking 8, grade <laughs> A minus. Oh, and then David Gibbs. David Gibbs is getting a D minus. Well, yeah. Well, because I, I, I don't, he coaches I don't the D. I don't understand his rankings. So, did did you get my good joke there? Because he coaches, coaches the D. He's on the 
pretty good. That's pretty. That's solid. That's pretty good for ten eleven at night. All right, let's move on to listener <laughs> questions. We are an hour ten into it. Yeah, we had to do we're, some math. We're to figure thirty that. minutes. Late. Yeah, we had to. Anyways, Red Raider reset man, always good for coming up with some good questions. Um, although it's a suggestion, maybe we should save this for your segment. Yeah, it yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll save this okay. to cord cutting corner. Red okay, Raider. let's talk. Let's get to Brian again, another regular contributor for questions. Ed Oliver versus Texas Tech O line round two. Who wins? We discussed this. I'm taking the O line. I am too. I, I was really impressed with what Straight they were up. able to do in Houston. Uh, I know that that was a very tough game for most of the players, but they still held their own against him and. Back at home, we've got a more experienced line. I'll learn their names eventually, I promise. But I, I, I don't know. I, I like Travis Buff, Bruffy. Bruffy, Jack Anderson. Jack Anderson's a right guard. Who, who's left guard? Uh, uh, Paul Starts is the center. center. Right it's, tackle, Terrence Steele. T- yep, tip of my tongue. Shoot, I, I gave that one to you. Anyways. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I think O one wins round yeah, two. Again. I think we're on that one. You're a college football coach. Who, what's your signature fashion? And he gives the example. He gives two examples: Kingsbury shades, flex tie. Oh, sorry, three. Kingsbury shades, uh, PJ flex tie and pullover, and Gene Chiswick's suburban dentist smock. I think that was really good. That's a good description of that. Um, for me personally, I'm probably gonna go with slacks and a polo. That's I could see that. And and maybe that that sideline. Uh, windbreaker that Tuberville would wear, but like not in September and October. I'd, I'd, I'd reserve that for November. I'm, I'm definitely going to go with some sort of uh, head headgear. <laughs> well, so, I'm, something I'm, to I'm cover probably wearing my, a hat and shades too. To, but to cover my bald head. So, uh, But not the, the sun hat that you, you break out or Kingsbury breaks out of practice. No, I've got a, I've got a cowboy hat I wear. That I would like Ooh, to. I'd be nice to see a, a coach. Yeah, when the was the last time you saw a cowboy hat? Because it doesn't fit coach. over the headset. Well, I can. I'll get him to make me a different headset. Or you just go like um, uh, get behind the behind no, the neck. Todd Graham style Britney Spears on the cheek over the ear. Oh, that's man, that's with a so tape. pretentious looking. I, I can't <laughs> stand. I, man, it just looks like he's about to give a TED talk or something. Okay, or break I don't out know. A song. Maybe not that. Maybe I could figure something else out, but. Um, yeah, I've got a cowboy hat. I don't really, I don't dress like this. It's a great question, Brian. But I have a cowboy hat that I think would be good. Um, it's got the Gus crown. Any of y'all who are fans of Lonesome Dove, where it kind of the crown slants a little bit in the front. Anyway, it's it's pretty cool looking. And then I would also wear cowboy boots. So, so would, you'll have like the Texas Ranger look to you. Maybe, maybe so. Like Even though indistinguishable from the security around you. Right. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, I wear. I wear the cowboy hat because I think it, okay, I, I do think it's sort of stylish, and I live in Texas, and I know it can get away with it with less scrutiny, but really because I want the sun protection, and I wear boots because boots are, man, you buy a pair of boots, they last you 10 years, so or more than that. The, uh, the current pair I'm wearing is over 10 years old, so that's just kind of what I wear to work, is boots. It's not, I don't wear, you know, I don't wear cinch jeans and Wranglers and whatnot, which... Do you wear and that? Um, and I wouldn't wear that as a coach, but I'd definitely bring some cowboy boots and some and a cowboy hat to the equation. Affliction or oh, no? What's that other one that like gets a bunch of guys? Tom Hardy. No, no Tom Hardy. Tom, Tom Hardy's Hardy. an actor. Ed Hardy. Yeah, but no, it's another one that gets like the D bag label put on it. 
Um, I can't think of another. And it, it's it's like tied to WWE, not WWE. Um, gosh, MMA fighters. Affliction's the only one I know of. No, there's, there's another one though. Gosh, okay, you guys might have to let me know what brand I'm thinking of. That's what you're going to wear? You're going to have no, like, no, like I'm a just long saying. sleeve underneath your polo? <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right, Kyle Jacobs. Hang on, hang on. Are you going to have pleated khakis? No. no. Oh, you're going to have like the... <laughs> Flat front. I'm going to have like these shoes I'm wearing now. These are uh, Sanooks. I'm going to go a little stylish, but <laughs> maybe boots. I don't know. Yeah, I've seen you. You wear boots. I've got a pair of boots, but... We're, we're going to bring cowboy boots to, clo- to uh, coaching. We're bringing it. Kyle Jacobson updating oh, the, the betting odds on starting quarterback. Duffy. Becoming our favorite running question. It is. We'll have to touch on this until an, an, a starter is announced. And then we'll like the odds of when does the backup come in or when do the fans call for the backup. I want to read this, this tweet after you read this. Okay, question. so Duffy plus 150, even with Carter at plus 150. So it's a toss-up. And then Bowman is actually... He's, Move he's still more a long into shot. The, yeah, but less of a long shot now. He was 800, wasn't he? He was getting 800 last week. Now he's getting 500. Man, that line's what, Less likely to put him down just because of the plus 800. Um, okay, well, let, let me read this and see if this sways your opinion. Uh, my buddy Adam sent me this tweet right before we started recording from Don Williams. And Don said that he asked Cliff, of course Cliff, if he would cut a quarterback competition from three to two at some point, or just three to one after the second scrimmage. And then he goes on to say the scrimmages are Saturday, uh, which is... This I Saturday. can't tell you the date because I can't do that. The 11th. And then August 18th. So August 18th would be the second scrimmage. Kingsbury's answer was, quote, Sunday we'll talk as an offense and see if that is the move. As of now, it's not. But if a couple of guys separate themselves and we need to push more reps to them to finalize that position, that's what we'll do. So that was a lot of no. (laughs) Right, but I'm hoping for that to happen because I think you need the starter to not be splitting a bunch of first-team reps going into game prep. I think you need to be a little more solidified by that point. I think so too. But he said that you know, he, he doesn't, he's, just, he's not completely on board with narrowing it down to two. As of now, it's not the move. Yeah. And uh, I, I just don't know. So okay. it's, it's, possible, so, it's very possible August 18th, even Kingsbury may not know who's going to be well, starting still have two September weeks. 1st. <laughs> So does that sway your betting? Are you going to take well, it, Carter I'm or Duffy at plus 150? Or are you I'm going not to taking, take Longshot Bowman at plus 500? I was going to say, I'm not taking Bowman again at plus 500. I think Do you, getting, lo- you lost that. Man. I lost the confidence. Were we all not able to, to pay some bills last week? Because <laughs> that, Kyle, did someone? Did you send someone to, to, to put the fear of God into Spencer? I'm going a little more conservative. But here's the thing. At 150 apiece between Duffy and Carter, because... So I'm going to say Duffy because I've seen Carter and I've seen his limitations and I'm concerned if that's what we have a winning season's out of the question. Okay, I'm I, I see what you're saying but man, I just can't resist I just can't resist these, these You're still odds. going at plus 500? Plus 500 going for Bowman. Okay. Man, just think. Just think you put a put a 10 spot on there and you walk away with a with 50. 
Who's on the 50? Is, that, is Ross Perot on the 50? Who's on the 50? Is it Jackson? Yeah, someone y'all write. Someone write that in. I'm just All right, kidding. Kyle no, Jackson's Link. on the twenty. Okay. No. Crap. Shoot, man. I don't know. You gotta ask all these questions that derails everything. I don't see. I don't see fifties very often. All right, Kyle Lang asks, "Would you be on board with giving Kingsbury a contract extension if the football team wins seven games this year?" Michael. Yes. Spencer. Yes. Because I think seven games is enough to show progression. Uh, Ulysses S. Grant is on the 50, by the way. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Not a president. Tip of my tongue. Tip of my tongue. Um, yes, because I think if you can do that with improving defense and a digression in offense, you finally feel like you're moving in the right direction. I'm also but, going to – he doesn't specify, but I'm also going to assume that those seven wins are – Regular season. Regular season. That, that, that's where I was going. I would feel much more comfortable if it was 7-5 and five than 6-6 six and six and winning a bowl game. If it's 6-6 six and six, – I'm I'm pretty firm in the camp of Give him time, the boot. time to move on. Part two, if not, what is your bar for him receiving an extension? Oh, there, there, I think they're at seven. I, I, think, seven. I think seven is the floor. In the event he is fired, who's up next? Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Urban Meyer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Topical. Change my mind. <laughs> well, I, I mean, he'll be on his redemption tour. Uh, You'll have him for two years. Do we want him though? I mean, it's not. Here's the thing: the more the, the more I find Bryles, out about, but it's quite similar. If if he indeed reported the he reported sub, it to his AD supposedly supposedly if that actually happened, but he still loses in the court of public opinion and gets fired. Yep. I think he did what he was supposed to. It just it was a crappy situation. I would be okay with taking him for like two or three years until he got back on his feet and like was ready to move back out to a South Carolina or a, a Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> he probably wouldn't do either of those. That'd be hilarious. Or like a uh, USC, maybe. Georgia. No, I think Kirby Smart's going to be there well. Oh, we'll see. Okay. Who, who do you got next? So um, the other thing. Sorry, I don't who, have, who, I don't, I don't, I don't I, have a who's up next. I, I think if, if and when he gets fired, you can get him on the cheap. Like, you would be able to afford him for two or three seasons. Gosh, I guess he could eat some pizza out here in Lubbock, the rest of us. We do have good cardiologists. <laughs> the so, best, Jerry, the best. Supposedly for why he left Florida was heart issues. May oh. have been his past catching up to him. It could have been. It could have been a lot of things. So you, you don't have a who's up next? You don't have like a Dave Aranda? Although I think we've kind of put that to bed. I think he's making too much now at LSU. To even be in contention for a head coaching job here. Seth Luttrell, uh, it's I'm kind not, of a realistic one, but I, I'm not, I'm not psyched about it. Uh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna throw out Mike Leach. Gosh, get out of here! That's not happening. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know if I want him. But I'm gonna throw out. There's rumblings, man. Man, there's just, stuff. You know what? There's no. stuff on boards and stuff. Like if you're going to to old former Texas Tech coaches, give me Ruffin McNeil. Hey, all right, he's available. Yeah, or, he's a defensive line. Riley. Uh, he's not available. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a defensive line coach who's got past experience at Tech as a defensive coordinator, as a head coach. I want him back. Okay, all right. You know, Ruffin's not bad. That's not a bad one. That's, that's pretty right. realistic and not bad. Cord cutting corner. Oh, here we are. Let's Cord wrap it up, corner. man. All right, we'll wrap it up. It'll, it'll be quick. Um, I want to give you guys an update. 
The cord was officially cut as of August 3rd. Like a newborn baby. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they didn't give me the... <laughs> what is it? Cord blood? Oh, gross. Oh, gosh. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we ventured too far. Uh, too far, man. Um, anyway, cord was officially cut on the 3rd. Uh, had, so you're going on four days here. Oh, yeah. I'm rolling. We had a, a full weekend with no cable. Oh, it that's was rough. It was nice. It was? It was, it was fine. Uh, For your first, first experience, it was a weekend. We entertained ourselves. And there was well, you also do a lot more on the weekends than I do. I'm, I'm, I'm a home, I, I've got some chores to do, but I'm a home. But I want to enjoy my time off and not run around a whole bunch. I know we, we we did go around quite a bit this weekend. Sunday we we didn't. Sunday I don't think I left the house. But Saturday, like uh, I took my little daughter and I to Cook's Garage, and they had like a. So you're going to all these like cool restaurants. I haven't, haven't well, been there. I've got friends that go to Eating Maze. It's a free deal. Y'all should totally weekends. go because they don't. Like them on Facebook, they have, uh, it's just right here on like 114th and Highway 87. Okay, sorry, one second. We're we're using new mics, and if you just heard that burp, I'm so sorry. I didn't even think about it. I I was with a closed mouth, I was like, well, I probably didn't do much. I'm sitting right next to you, I didn't hear it, so maybe it's okay. I also tasted it, we had taco pizza. Yeah, we got a flyer from Pizza Hut, and they were doing a Taco Tuesday, but it was like, it's pizza, right? So Taco Pizza. It's actually fairly good. A little heavy on the lettuce. Didn't know it came with so much onion. I would have said no onion. Light lettuce. Maybe extra tomato. The lettuce would not work in my house because my wife is not a fan of hot lettuce. Yeah. Well, there, there was like, enough. You, like, you know, like, like the lettuce they put on the steaming hot plate of Tex-Mex you get? She's like, like this is the grossest thing in the world. Yeah. And so I, don't, like, I don't blame her because I like it, and I think it's weird that I like it. Like hot steamed lettuce, basically, with melted cheese on it somehow. That's I'm like, the other this thing. is okay. I, I don't know why I like this. So Samantha ordered this while we were out. We actually, so Grayson and I went to Paw Patrol Live tonight. Oh, man. We had some friends that were going tomorrow um, night, I think. She ordered pizza for us to pick up on the way back. They offered to Dad put talk. Yeah, extra <laughs> extra cheese on it. We're like, no, because they're going to charge two dollars for extra cheese. Open the box. It's got like three shreds of cheese on it, and it's sitting on top of the lettuce. So like, yes, one. There's a lot of you lettuce. You so cheated on like double meat and extra cheese and. Yeah, man. So like, okay. It's so almost like if you hadn't asked, they'd have done a better job. Put cheese under the lettuce. Put you know, create a little barrier there. Less lettuce, extra tomatoes, no onions. Beans, surprisingly good. Meat was good. Would be a do-over with a couple of... Uh, a couple of tweaks. A couple of tweaks. Sorry, maybe, I interrupted maybe your, suggestions. your Cook's Garage. You were oh, saying... Cook's Garage? Well, okay. Uh, you guys, if, if y'all are listening from out of town, Cook's Garage opened a couple years ago. Uh, right off of 27. Yeah, from right. like 114th? Yeah, 114th. It's just right there. And they had... The inaugural William Clark Green Fest out there last spring, or this past spring, and they have bands and stuff. Uh, it's a really neat place. Anyway, the guy loves cars. He probably collects cars himself. So they have yeah, car shows out there yeah, a lot. And I've seen this. Every now and then, and I don't know what the frequency of it is, but on a Saturday morning, they'll give you a couple days heads up and say, hey, we're having coffee and cars this Saturday and I've been seeing it, and I've been wanting to go, and, and I took my daughter, and we finally went, and it's free, and people just bring their cars. You know, there's some really neat 
classic cars out there to check out. There's some really souped up modified cars. There were Jeeps, there were uh, dragsters, there was, you know, 58 Cadillacs, just everything that you could want to look at. So probably at least 40 cars that I can, maybe, maybe more than that. They have and, a barbecue cook-off this weekend. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah, they've always got something going. And so uh, the Saturday mornings, y'all might check it out. Uh, they had free coffee and free donuts. And what? Uh, my one-and-a-half-year-old loved the free little carousel that she could ride on for a while. And we had a great time. So I think you and, you and your kid would love it, too. Y'all should check it out. Free donuts and free coffee. Check out Thanks for, for letting me know this, you know, three, four days afterwards. <laughs> Just, just like Don't forget, cars and coffee in the morning from 8 to 10.30, and then like a bajillion hashtags. Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that's what we did on Saturday morning, and then we went to a park after that and stuff. So cord cutting has gone well. Uh, I did get an exit survey from Sudden Link, which I relished. Ooh, because they I asked love the me, opportunity to rip into somebody. Oh, man, they asked me the end, uh, you know, something like, uh, please explain... What we could do to win your business back and be specific. And I, I actually copied and pasted. You're it. welcome. <laughs> I, yeah, I copied and pasted into Word later just to see. It was 240 words, which is not. Mm, it's a solid paragraph. Yeah, I mean, it's. I but if it's all negative, it, it can get. It can get yeah, I, I covered a lot of things. And there was even one time I said something about, you know, my rate went up 25% over the last two years for the same service. And then my next sentence was, maybe don't do that. <laughs> So <laughs> I love the snark sarcasm. It went from obviously don't do that. Yeah, maybe maybe don't do that. And you know maybe when a long time customer calls trying to get the same deal that new people get, maybe give it to them. So there were other little things I threw in there. That was fun. But uh, the one issue I've had so far is Better Call Saul season four started last night, and because I couldn't watch it live and I couldn't record it because I don't have AMC right now. I have to wait till tonight to watch it on Amazon, which also means I have to buy it. So that's sort of a downside, but there's only one or two seasons of shows I may have that issue with. But so the the issue I was, I always come up with when I'm thinking about switching to just streaming services, and this is what Ready Ready Reset, first question slash suggestion came in, um, buy a Roku, Fire Stick, whatever, and find someone with a cable subscription and use their password after downloading the apps. This is something I've been doing. When I didn't have cable, I was still I, I was still able to use. Do you want to admit this in this medium? Is the I, FCC coming for you? No, they don't know who I am. <laughs> my name is not Spencer. You gotta you gotta remember my echoes recording all this too. It's just going straight oh to the NSA. Previously, <laughs> I have done this. I don't do this now because I have my own account, but I've I've been using. One of the accounts that you're given when you sign up with a service like this, because they'll give you like six accounts, right? Yeah. So I'll just say, can I have one of your accounts? And I've been taking it from my parents or my in-laws. Valid. So they're family members. And then but I will just log in on their, like, granted, on their paid subscription to be able to watch But how shows. old are you now? I will be 30 next year. So... And this has only just stopped. So, okay, so at least you stopped before you got in your 30s. 
I'm not. I'm not trying to say too much. Red Raider reset, man. I, I don't know you personally. He's been doing it for years. I know, but it's quote, like been doing it for years. I asked him today. I replied back to this. I was like, "Do you at least take your donor out to lunch or something? Do you get, you know, maybe go get him a cup of coffee here and there? Hey, thanks but, for okay. thanks for Fox Sports Southwest the last seven and a half years or whatever." Devil's advocate, though, when you have a Hulu or Netflix account, you can set up several profiles, meaning you can share your account with several people. True. Same. I see it as the same thing because what that's doing is allowing one subscription to pay for five or six families access to that content. You could, but you would have to update how many screens you can have at a time because Netflix, the standard plan, you can only, only two people can be watching it at the same time. So you'd have to pay extra for it. To a point where it's like, well, if I gotta pay extra for it, why don't I just? Go well, ahead you'd and, then split it with them. You could, split, but why don't you just get your own account? Because it's probably still cheaper to split it. I don't know. Okay, I'm so you're paying somebody else's Netflix so you're account paying now. Fifty instead of nine dollars a month. <laughs> I don't know what their rates are. Like I said, I'm not paying for it. <laughs> no, I, I, I have seen people do that. Uh, Red Raider reset, man. I, I don't think I'm gonna do that. I do have Roku and a Fire Stick. Uh, I have the Roku for when I've subscribed to when we tried this the first time a few years ago with Sling, because if you <clears throat> if you committed to three months of Sling, you got a free Roku stick. So I've got one of those. Then we switched to a Fire Stick recently, and I've really enjoyed it. It's so much faster. The remote works so much better, and it's it's a lot easier to use with your devices. My so, current Netflix account has five accounts on it. Why? And we are that one now i don't know what the account is like if they're like more than the general settings whatever i'm also a little frustrated i heard uh when we signed up with Suddenlink this year we were given a free full year of netflix i was like right. we already have a netflix account but they said if you have a net an existing account we'll pay for it right so they told me that I when sent- i was canceling i was like well i know but y'all I, didn't offer this before i quit so sorry as my as my Mooch, my donor, I sent my free year to them. Oh, okay, there you go. Turns out, giving it back, they've still been charged every month. So, why didn't you get the free year when I try to pass it to somebody else? I'm gonna blame Suddenlink on that one. So, well, I thought they would just give you like a gift card, like a Netflix gift card or something. I don't, I don't know, I don't know how it worked out. I just know that I'm not sure the how gift it subscription was not trans, did not transfer to the current subscription because they're still getting charged. Well, I just don't have, I don't have anyone who I would feel comfortable asking that. Um, my mom doesn't even have internet, so I'm not going to get it from her, and I'm well, not going to no, ask my no, in-laws in don't Kentucky need a, or Florida. To, you don't need internet. You need somebody with a cable subscription. That's that's the thing, but I don't know anyone who I'd feel comfortable asking. Your mom, but she parents. doesn't have cable oh. or internet. Or do you need, have like a brother in law? Nope, only child. Sister in law? I'm not going to ask. I do have a brother in law. I'm not going to no, ask. No, you him. don't ask. Allison does. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> no. All right. We've I'm going to be an island. I'm going to be an island over here. We're probably going to have some like letters from the FCC show up on our door <laughs> in the next couple of days. Um, so, yeah, we, we tried out a new format this week uh, recording together in the same room on the same device. Hopefully the production quality isn't that bad. If it is, we we do have plans on upgrading some equipment to do this more um, 
high scale going forward, but might have to spend some of that queso money. Don't remind me, we still don't have a queso sponsorship. <laughs> I've got to throw it in at the end every time. One more thing, um, because we've been allowed to tap into a new audience this week, I want to thank those at Guns Up Nation for allowing us to to share our, our content, our podcast with you and your group. I'm looking forward to having some of your guys on the podcast coming up. Uh, well, I guess we'll work that out a little bit later. Yeah, but I'm, I'm sure you know it's it's not going to take much to trump me in football knowledge, so it'll be good to have we'll just, two, just two talk, people we'll just, talking about football at once that know. Just what replace you completely, just <laughs> yeah. edge you out. No, but they they they've built a, a great audience on Twitter and Facebook, and they've graciously yeah. allowed us to to share our our content with them. Thank you guys for for allowing us. Um, for Michael, I'm Spencer. Thanks for listening to week 26, episode 26 of the 23 Personnel Podcast.